Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. Nerdapalooza, the world's largest nerd music festival, and with the generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and learn how you can support this and other fine Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Smoking on the balcony But it's like sleaze in the park You women, you have no self-control The angels remark outside You are known for insatiable needs I don't know Welcome, everybody, to another fun little microsode that Eric and I are doing. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> My name is Pat. I am the talking bearskin rug of Flame On, joined by our resident muscle daddy, Eric. Yes, I'm a muscle daddy. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> and we are here because we figured it was only appropriate since we did the Gene Gray 101 microsode, um... God, that's getting close to about a, almost, almost a year, a year ago. Wow. I know, right? <laughs> it's been a while since I was we thinking sat about down. that. Yeah, definitely. Well, we are bringing you the first half, our first installment <laughs> of Battle of the Atom. <laughs> or Jean Grey's fucked up mess. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why we felt it was only fitting that we were the ones that brought you this first half. And uh, so as we're recording it, it is five chapters in. Yes. It's a ten-part chapters. series. Um, and basically, it's honoring two big things in the X-Men's history. First is their 50th anniversary. Yay, Yay. X-Men! <laughs> so, 1963 brought us the first ever issue. And of- all, I wasn't born yet. <laughs> For that commenting bitch. <laughs> and the, uh, the second thing that it is honoring is the Days of Future Past. Not just because of the movie that's going to be coming out next year. But because I guess they, at the time, it was the foresight to put the future to coincide with their 50th anniversary yeah. when they did the storyline in 1981. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. Ow. <laughs> I was born that year. The look of sadness that just rolled over Eric's face. Did I do my first line of coke then? Maybe. <laughs> it's because you knew I was born, being born at that point. That's why you did your first line. Madeline Pryor was born that day. <laughs> so yeah, so it was 2013 is the year um, that they basically said the world had gone to hell in a handbasket. 
Yep. Um, oddly, there's no sentinels flying outside. So <laughs> somebody fix something at that point. Well, uh, Rachel and Catherine Pride. Kate. She looks so old and tired. <laughs> well, she was old and tired. Did you see? She had issues being hunted down by hounds and whatnot. So those are the two big milestones that they are celebrating and doing this big 10-part crossover between all-new X-Men, Uncanny X-Men, Wolverine and the X-Men, and X-Men. Right. And then there's two one-shots of Battle of the Atom. Yes. the the Basically, the Alpha and the Omega. Kind of right, like when they did much. Age of Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. You had your Alpha and you had your Omega issues that bookended the the whole series. It's been very interesting seeing how they've interconnected and they've kept the story going. It's odd seeing the change in artists, though. It is, you know, it, it's funny. And I, what was it? This last chapter, it was just like, woof. Like there are, I mean, I love Jason Aaron's writing. The artist that's on Wolverine the X-Men kind of throws me. Yeah. and It works for the kids, but not... Well, and the funny part is, and I think Brian will probably have a slight heart attack because isn't Ramon doing the art or oh, is he not is. doing? Yeah. Oh. Sorry, Brian. Ooh. Well, <laughs> Brian, Brian pins it on the, uh, the, the colorist and, and everybody, everybody else. else. Yeah. The, the artist, Ramon Perez, who I've seen some of the stuff. Brian has a beautiful piece of Tales of Sand that he bought one of the pages and it looks great. It's, you right. know, it's done very well, but. The last few issues, probably like four issues right. of Wolverine and the X-Men have all just been a little off. It could be. Maybe maybe he's right. Sometimes the inker, you know, they have their own style as well. So they could be making it their way. Yeah, because it, it, it just, it's very, it is very almost cartoonish. It's very cartoonish. It's, yeah. The faces are like what I used to sketch in high school. In right? My book. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> um, I mean, one of the biggest things, and, and it was funny because it was such an interesting moment, was the meeting of Rachel and Teen Jean. Oh. When they first, you when know. They say, like, the issue right before, and they just stopped. <laughs> dead stop. They looked at each other, looked away, and then scurried off and passed each other. Nothing could happen. They're like, I don't know what's going on here. But there was less emotion to it and more comedy. I think it was partially done for a comedic effect. Right. But I think if it was done and drawn in a much more realistic way, in a very crisp and sharp way, it could have had a lot more tension. Right. At, At that first, like, almost them running into each other face first, and then it's like, and then have that comedy of, you know, it could have gone in a completely different way. It could have had a whole different set of emotion dr- had it been drawn differently. Right. It, it, it looks like they just brushed it off. Like it was nothing. Yeah. It, you it know? Was just, and like, okay, so that's your daughter and you're okay with that. And that's your mother who's younger than you now. Great. <laughs> and pew, all you needed was literally a little smoke and, you know, the sound effects. And that would have made the, the whole comedic effect of it. So we were treated to a very interesting, almost kind of dilemma in the first chapter where, and I know it was mentioned on the last full episode, where, and I I completely agree with Brian's assessment of it, you had the Uncanny X-Men. You have the Uncanny X-Men, which is Scott's team, which I call the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Well, you've got Emma, you've got Scott, who killed the professor, you have Magneto, and you have that bitch woman from hell, literally, magic. Wow, true. And then you got gold balls. <laughs> <laughs> point, That's point, the only point, new point. student that I remember. Point, point. <laughs> I remember um, Eva, or Ava, I don't know how they're pronouncing it. Is that the one who freezes time? Yes. Okay. She's the okay. one who does the time bubbles. Like, I know someone what they do, but gold balls, you can't, yeah. you can't forget gold point, balls. Point, point, <laughs> point, point. I'm sorry, but point is not the new bamf. <laughs> no matter how much they try to throw it in your face, it's funny. It's entertaining. I would like to see him... 
become a little bit more or like have some ability to control the gold right. balls. But the one thing I did find funny, and I'm gonna jump way ahead, is Deadpool's line in the last chapter. He's like, <laughs> You're gold balls? You're an adult. Can I get your autograph? <laughs> that was I that was probably my favorite line out of the entire issue. So yeah, so you have your Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. You have the X-Men, which is Storm and Wolverine's mess. Yes. So you have those two teams who ideologically are different, but the same. Right. You know, it's that whole mess of, well, I hate how you do it, but I want the same thing, but this is how I do it. And if you don't like the way that I do it, then I don't like you. Well, it's funny. I mean, if you really look at it, I mean, Cyclops, he's the whole military thing. He wants to do military style you know like everybody has to be geared up for this war wolverine and storm are just like no everybody all kids deserve a chance to be kids but their kids are always thrown in a war too so i'm like you guys are doing the same thing it's not like wolverine's kids are better off exactly you know they're not showing them nights out and stuff like that enjoying the nightlife they keep constantly battle after battle after battle well because no matter what and i guess this this almost kind of highlights the 50th anniversary piece of it in a sense because cyclops's point of view He's been doing it longer. Mm -hmm. He knows that for that X amount of time, because you know it's all on a compressed time scale, so you can't sit there and say, well, it was, you know, 10 years or 12 years. To us. To them, it's like 10 minutes ago. Exactly. Last week, Gene died. (laughs) (laughs) So he's, he's been around the block. They all have, but he's been around the block longer, in a sense, because if you look at his team, or uh, his team... I guess really it's kind of just him that, that has that mentality that, that's been there from the beginning. But they're on the other side of the coin. Gene is gone. Angel is, is crazy. He's lost know, his memory kind of thing. Or he's a new person. You know, figure he's a new person. Basically, he's been reborn and he's an angel. Yeah. Literally. Um, you've got and then Hank, Hank, and you've got Bobby. Bobby just always seems to be a giant goofball who could care less about anything. Right. And then you've got the beast who. I think he's gone through one mutation too many, and he has no fucking clue what's going on anymore. Well, I um, I think it was in Days of Future Past, it was on uh, this Battle of the Atom, when Maria Hill is like turns around, and she's just, I just genuinely hate Hank McCoy. It's not a mutant thing. I just hate him. Exactly. You know, he just he thinks he, he just, can do whatever exactly. he wants to do. So Maria just is finally like, we need to find them. <laughs> and we just stop the shit because it's going crazy. No, I, I agree. It just it, he's gone too far, I think, and I think he's starting to realize it himself, right. which is where it's like, oh shit, maybe this shouldn't happen this way, right? But my favorite part of the first chapter, you know, the the lead off, the first one shot, was the fact that you have these two teams who their practices, their execution is different, their ideology maybe is close to being the same but they end up having to fight side by side and it was so seamless exactly it was like they never missed a beat exactly they had kitty and the and her students are there and then magic has the uncanny team pop up and then all of a sudden it's like kitty scott all right let's do this wham and they take out these sentinels and it's like nothing ever happened and then they go their separate ways and it's not a matter of well i need to fight you because i don't agree with you it was kind of almost the best indifference that they could possibly have, where it's, I don't like what you're doing, but you go do you. Right. You know, I can't really do anything right now to stop you, but I'm not going to sit here and try to, you know, we're fighting against some somebody who's trying to 
kill us, basically. Why am I going to sit here and fight you? Right. Go, you know, go do what you got to do, and I'm going to go do what I got to do and do it the way that I want to do it, and you're going to go do it the way that you want to do it, but when it comes down to a common enemy, and we've known each other for years, we've known each other for all this time, I can't always just hate you. So I, I thought that was probably the best starting point, because you could almost, almost see the inroads to them kind of resolving this. Will it happen until they well, resurrect it, the professor? It's no. a possibility that it could happen if Wolverine shuts his fucking mouth. The minute Scott and Wolverine are in the same room is when everything goes to shit again. And that's the problem. Well, even Storm, she's getting a little uppity too. Yeah. But when it comes to Scott. They're kind of, her own team is starting to kind of take offense to her stance and her ways of being a right. leader and not kind of almost being a god and she's you could take the queen out of wakanda but you can't take the wakanda out of the queen <laughs> oh, she's just a queen well we took something out of her yeah so, oh no <laughs> but she she is a queen and i think that's that's what she's going back in with the x-men is that she is demanding that kind of respect and not how she always uh earned it yeah she always battled. She always came up with good. She, that's why she was the leader for a while and Cyclops wasn't because she was able to gain the respect. And now I feel like she's like, I'm a queen. Bow to me. Yeah. And she, she always was the one who didn't rely, have to rely on her powers. I mean, she took over leadership of the X-Men with no power. You know, it, right. when she was leading the Morlocks and had no power and then fought Scott, she won. Yeah. And it was because of her and her ability and her leadership and how she was able to, to do all that. And that's why she's always been such a great leader. But now she's turning around and yeah, she's demanding her respect and her place as a headmistress and as a leader of this team. And a lot of, you know, especially Rachel, and I think Rachel's that wild card. Rachel and Kitty are both not having it right now. Yeah, and I don't know. Rogue, it kind of is there and not like she. I guess they're primarily just keeping it with Uncanny Avengers. Yeah, I mean she's part of the 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 X Men, the all girl X Men team, but they really don't do a lot with her. Was she? Has she? I don't remember seeing her. Has she been here? Like during this Battle of the Atom? Like I don't remember her being present. She hasn't had a big role in this at all. Okay. I mean, we've had one X-Men title that's been the tie-in. And I I know she was in there because I'm sure I saw a sugar in there somewhere. <laughs> that's how you know she's around. Um, but I don't think that she's had a real big role. You know, right. she hasn't had this big presence where Kitty and Rachel kind of had this moment of, hey, we need to do something. And they were kind of that, that influence to... Yeah, I have a prediction with that, the whole Kitty and uh, Rachel thing. Well, we'll and that's get, without me cheating. We'll get to <laughs> we'll get to those. That'll be the end of it. We'll predict. Uh, we'll do our predictions for the end of the Battle of the Atom, the second half of it, and then we'll we'll reconvene and do a part two of this little microsode adventure. And it's an adventure. It's always an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they redo the Phoenix Saga, then we'll be back again. <laughs> Which, depending on, I mean, if you rip the suit off of Zorn, it may happen quicker than we think. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Um, so, yeah. So, we, we got out of the one shot, and then we started going into the different... Into all new X-Men. Yeah. The first, uh, chapter 2. Yeah, we went into we went into chapter 2, and we started to see a little bit more of what was what they were kind of building up to. I mean, there was nothing, I think, huge. It was... They, they've well, all the been future. pretty good stories. Well, then the future The future people up. showed up who are Deadpool, Zorna, Kate... Pride, 
um, Xavier, who's Charles Xavier's grandson, which According means somebody, to him. somebody had sex with Legion. Um, <laughs> and then Molly, who's from the Runaways, which back then she doesn't seem to do it here in these chapters, but back in the day she had super strength and then she get tired and sleepy. <laughs> So she was like Jean. Yeah, she was like, just with oh, physical oh, strength. Oh. <laughs> uh, you got Beast who mutated again, and then you have uh, Ice Hulk. Ice Hulk. Yeah. yeah, who doesn't really do much other than grumble. Maybe. <laughs> <Yeah. people. laughs> so that's who we've seen. That's who we got to see in the second chapter where they popped up and they said, um, "No, they got to go." Yeah. Well, the funny part is they were, I mean, the... They meaning the uh, all-new X-Men, the kids, the originals. Yeah, the 05. Um, They were, Wolverine and the team were getting ready to send them back. They kind of had realized, oh, shit, we may have fucked this up. Right, didn't even Beast was just like, you're right. Yeah. He had everything set up, ready to go. And uh, the only thing they would have had to have done was go get Warren, because the original Angel is with the Uncanny team. And uh, they were all set and ready to go. And all of a sudden, everything, machines start whirring. And they're like, Beast, did you? He's like, oh, I didn't touch nothing. <laughs> and then, bam, flash of light. And there is these people standing there. And um, they were like, well, we're here from the future. Everything is fucked up even worse than it should be. They got to go. And Jean did her. She tried to read people's mind and she couldn't. Yes. She couldn't read any of the future uh, X-Men's mind. And she didn't like that at all. Yeah, she figured if you're blo- if you're not letting if you're not letting me see something, you're hiding something. Exactly. And I liked it that the first person she reaches out to is Hank, and she goes to the uh, the O five Hank, and he was just like, uh, you know, she's like, "Come with me," and he's like, uh, "No." And then she's like, "Scott, <laughs> I'm not, I, I'm not a fan of how they're playing this whole thing. I do enjoy the fact that they're kind of." teasing a little bit of the fact that because all the boys had a crush on her she was the only girl it's like going to an all-boys school and a girl walks through the halls and you're all like hey who are you (laughs) but i don't like the fact that they've they've toyed so much with the initial rapport that gene and scott had right you know i i understand that it's gonna you know they take them to the future they see what scott's become but at the same point this is 10 years later, well, our time, but, you know, this is after Gene has been dead. Right. You know, so it's not like Gene is still alive and roaming around and Scott was a dick and they divorced and, you know, he cheated and, you know. He's doing his thing. Yeah. He's doing her thing. It, it, so it, it kind of pains me a little bit to see that they've messed with that. Well, I think they're messing because she's looking at the future. She's not looking at the Scots that's in front of her. She's looking at the future of what he's going to become. And she's afraid of that and not like, you know, well, if I stayed around, but then she knows she dies like five times, <laughs> you know, she's like, I don't give a fuck about you. <laughs> exactly. But if they're, but at the same point, it's a matter of if they're going to stick around and, and as she wants to stick around, yeah, she wants to stay, Um, then possibly she's going to avoid that future in a sense, because she's past where she died. Now as a 16 year old versus, you know, growing up in her regular time and having all this stuff happen, which I still, it boggles my mind that you pull these people out of this point in history. And one of the other major things that we saw in chapter one, just to go back a second, it'll tie into my point. The young Scott died. Died for a second. 
And, and the this, old t- this Scott, our you know present day Scott, disappeared. And then you know the other one of the other new X Men comes over and does his healing power, brings him back from the dead, and boop, there's Scott again. So they're still so closely tied to that timeline and that progression of of their lives. So if these people stay and you know this the O five stay in this time. At any point in time, you they get that hurt. That Scott could completely change too. Yeah, the longer he stays, the more I'm sure the uh, older Scott will start to change mentally. But at the same, but so yeah, and I completely agree with that. And that's part of the point. The other part is if they're still that same timeline, how does any of that even happen if they're not there to have it happen? You know what I mean? Right. Like I, I understand part of the thing was as soon as you alter history, a parallel timeline forms right so now that's not the same timeline that they were in they've now diverged and it's a Which separate that's the timeline. future that's yes. now the separate future that was just born you get that it, it creates a parallel timeline right but at the same point what happens you know well the only converging. thing for me the only thing that i'm fine with all of it is because bendis brilliant writer and i love what he's doing but he has the the habit and he did it with the avengers I am changing up everything with the Avengers and making brown gray breaking uh, scenarios happen. But right before I leave, he does end times of retro, fixes everything. So I know the minute, the day before he leaves the books, the original five gets sent back into the past and they get mind wiped by Professor. And everything goes back to the MO. I can see that. I can see that. And I mean, I know this. I mean, it'll be 10 years in now, so I'm going to be two weeks again like in theirs. But (laughs) (laughs) I'll be on Social Security at the time. But it'll happen. (laughs) And and I I like that idea in a sense. I like like the fact that this whole thing is going to shake up what is going on in their their world. Because there are so many things that you kind of look at and go, why is this happening? Why is this going on this way? It should not be going on this way. And it'll be nice to see maybe some things retconned. Or not necessarily even retcon, but with all this time travel that's going on, Ugh. if there is some way to rewrite it, I guess is the best way to put it instead of not do retcon. Fixes. Yeah, what where you do. could turn around and just wipe everything or wipe out these things that have not worked or haven't worked for years and make them actually work. Well, after all this is done, I'm like seeing solicitations of, I don't even know if I'm saying this right, like all new, new Marvel Now, Marvel Now, it's like Marvel Now is new now kind of thing. It's getting number ones again. Yeah, they're doing almost like a, um, it's like, was this phase three yeah. of their, of uh, Marvel Now, and they're having issues that are, I guess, before they renumber mm-hmm. and restart, they're going to do these that are like 24.now, mm-hmm. or, you know, and it's right. going to be these, I guess, like that little point where it's like, hey, this is where this, you know, this, this series ends. This is the start of it again, and go with number one. So we may see all this stuff. Um, and then there's uh, a solicitation for stuff that Bendis is doing with trial, and it's all fiery yeah. in the letters. So. Please no, I can't go through the Phoenix Saga again. You can't do this to me again. I I wonder if it's less the Phoenix Saga or it's a way to get Jean back into the present to resurrect her without it being such a a far fetched story. Right. Um kind of a way to maybe this is a way to rectify the whole crazy AVX no more Phoenix bullshit at the end of it. Yeah, nice try, Wanda. Nice try! <laughs> but what, what I think would be awesome is 
look at Morrison's run of uh, New X-Men. How did that end with Here Comes Tomorrow? Right. And it, there she was. Jean was in the white hot room and was her tears basically were able to redo the world. Yeah. She changed and, 150 years worth of time. And it's funny. People uh, said to me this weekend, they're like, well, you know, Scott became a better character because Jean's death and stuff. I'm like, Jean let him. Jean erased memories so he could do this. So if it wasn't for her. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He would have been mourning over and just crumbled and fall. Because yeah. that's how he was before she changed everything. Well, exactly. Because Emma came up to him at the at her at Jean's grave and was like, "Hey, you know, let's do this together. Let's be the you know the headmasters of the school and and carry it forward." And he said no, and then it led to you know 150 years of craziness and decay and evil beast wanting the phoenix egg and oh, what was the uh, what was beast sublime right that was the thing Zorn was sublime. No, the creature that uh, in the future beast. Do you remember? They made him evil. Oh yeah, so then probably right? was because um it, they eventually retconned Magneto being the one behind it, and it was this whole the sublime because of the kick, right, and all that crap. Correct. Yeah, exactly. So it it almost be kind of cool to see the Phoenix or even our Phoenix come back and be like, hey, let's you know envelop the world, kind of fix all the stuff that's going on. I don't think that will be the be-all and end-all of it, but it would be nice to kind of see it used positively right? for once instead of it being this, you know, evil creature. Entity, creature thing. I mean, yeah. it's, it's part of creation, and it should just do what it has to do and move on, you know? It obviously can't stay because look what happens. Nothing turns out good. Yes. Well, we don't necessarily know that because without it, technically coming back gene began to manifest its powers or at least she started to ascend to a level where her powers match that of the phoenix and then three issues later magneto grabs her and sends a pulse through and kills her yep worst death ever she had a stroke (laughs) (laughs) the phoenix who claims to be a god had a stroke Oh, uh, so moving on to, uh, to, well, at the end of, uh, book two, Zorna, Rachel, I have to, Rachel goes off on Zorna saying that, you know, it's horrible that she's wearing this mask. This is the per- creature that killed her mother, blah, 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 blah. Zorna takes off the mask and Eric had an orgasm <laughs> and it's Jean Grey. It's as Scott puts it, young old Jean. <laughs> He can't believe he says it. I can't believe I use it. <laughs> Sad part is it is the best description. It is. It's Zorna. young old Jean. It's yep. Jean Grey who did not leave. And it's her. And she was beautiful. And I was kind of hesitant until she went up to Storm and she was like, hey, Ro. I was like, oh, it is Jean. And I just melted. Yeah. Well, they, I like the way that they set it up before, even before she took the mask off. Because Gene and Scott ran away, and and Kitty and all them are like, "Oh my God, what do we do?" Right. And um, before they do anything, Zorn Zorna looks at Kitty and says, "You made you made me a promise. Right. You got to keep it." And then she pulls the mask off, and it's like, "Oh dear God, yeah, this is." And then it takes a second because it's like, "Oh shit, wait, is this our Gene?" And then you realize she's talking about original five. Right. Jean Grey. Yeah, because you weren't sure if it was, like, the actual Jean, which would have been kind of sick if she went flying to the future and became Zorn. Yeah. You know, and the mask holds back her power. Well, the suit contains it. Yeah. The whole suit, which I still don't quite get. I'm hoping that we get more 
insight into that's that. another prediction. All right, well, without we'll cheating, <laughs> we'll see about that. Because yeah, it, it's interesting. And of all things, if you're gonna have to craft this suit to contain your powers, that even as old young Jean, that that would be what you model it after. Well, I mean, young Jean was never exposed to Zorn. Didn't know the whole death. Well, knew of it, but didn't become it. And maybe somebody had to put her in there. I can't see everybody. Like, oh, this looks nice. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not a fashion statement, the chains and the rags and the iron <laughs> mask. <laughs> did somebody, did somebody set up like, uh, Archangel's old, old place where there's, there's all these outfits of, you know, long gone members? Well, you know, she just probably went, uh, and someone's like, oh, put her in the suit. <laughs> Uh, okay, so yeah, so the big reveal uh, was definitely that Jean Grey is alive in the future. Oh, so delicious. And then we uh, we moved on to them Chapter being on the run. Is them, yeah, Scott and Jean on the run. Which was kind of cute. It was done in such a way, and it, it kind of made me feel a little bit better about how they were playing Jean and Scott. It, it touched on their relation, their old relationship, how they were. Yeah. And why they were so in love and how they reacted and how he kind of looked at her, like with her shirt off and she was looking at him and, you know, it was cute. It was very cute. They got to be teenagers. Right. Exactly. For a minute. Yeah. For, for that hot second while they were trying to run for their life. Because <laughs> they can so easily blend in when Scott's wearing that visor. That makes no sense whatsoever. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> Gene, Gene's just another young, pretty redhead running around. And, you know, then you've got Scott with the yellow and red visor on. Not Don't even, mind me. <laughs> not even red sunglasses, but the actual, but the right. full visor, because he just had to run. So, it, but it definitely did touch on their true, you know, what we've always known to be their relationship and how it was. Um, and then well, that's where we got back into storm kind of saying hey this is what we're doing we're controlling their destiny we're going to do this we're going after them and left and basically told right she outright told kitty and rachel stay here you're not coming with us and that was where you know kitty and we ever listen to anybody (laughs) kitty and rachel are like she's a bitch i don't like this what's going on here and then Rachel looks at Kitty and goes, want to do something fun? <laughs> and they went after him yeah. and created a diversion because they, they basically cornered or, you know, had flanked them on both sides as they were driving, you know, uh, down the coast and flanked them. And they were... Well, you had the, the future and the Storm team, correct? Yeah, right, well, they, I, think, I think it was mixed on both sides because okay. they, you know, had people from this time manning both... Uh, both ships, but they were on both sides of them. And uh, then next thing you know, here comes, you know, flying car with Kitty and Rachel. They're like, hey! <laughs> hey, 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 simmer down, people. Simmer down. But I like to say for young Jean, 16-year-old, was able to keep everybody, keep her and Scott hidden. You know, she, uh, you had Zorno, who had all this power, and you had Xavier, who was another superpower telepath, but yet she kept herself hidden. So that's showing, like, yes, she was just new to the power, but she's like, you ain't fine to me. Well, exactly. And that's kind of where the it shows why this old young Jean is having to have her power contained. Because her power was tripped so much earlier than it should have been. She doesn't have all of this training to use it. Basically, it's, you know, she's always been this 
extremely powerful mutant, but now it's come on even earlier and has had more time to grow and develop into this crazy, you right. know, powerful level that it's at. Um, but yeah, that was one of the things Xavier was like, I can't, you know, I can't find her. I'm having trouble. She's shielding herself. But in the process, she did have to drop her shields because she sent out a telepathic message. Ugh. So before we get to, to that, Ugh. because that was the, the big reveal at the end of, of that, that chapter. chapter. <laughs> uh, but then Kitty and Rachel come in and they basically are like, we're X-Men fighting X-Men. Why? What is going on? She's all, she also brought up, we're always doing this. Yes. We're always fighting each other. Why? You know, this is not what we're about. And she put up a big fight. And, you know, I, you have to side with Kitty with that. She is perfectly right. Everybody has their right to make up their own mind. And she threw out her points of like, would you think it's okay if you were in the same situation and stuff like that? And Storm was still very high and mighty. Well, and the tough part is, when you look at it, it is a valid argument. But at the same time, you're taking somebody out of their time and you're putting them into a place where they don't know they shouldn't be. And you are letting them run around loose. That's like us going back and taking a caveman and putting them here. You know, it's going to alter and it's going to affect what's going on. So it is a very, but it's a very delicate double edged sword that nobody seems to want to handle gracefully. Right. They want one way or the other. Right. So it's dividing them amongst themselves. So while they're going through this and they're having this whole argument, Gene and Scott hop in the flying car and they disappear. <laughs> they just bail. They're like, peace, we'll see you guys later. All of a sudden, they're they like, where'd they go? <laughs> well, which then leads us to the end of it, the end of the issue, because they, uh, Scott's like, they're all after us. They want to send us back. What if we do? There's nobody that can help us. And she's like, well, there's one person and they are at, <sighs> Scott. Yes. Uh, old Scott. <laughs> <laughs> young Scott and old Not Scott. Not young old Scott. Just old Scott. <laughs> Scott, Emma, the cuckoos, all of them. Yeah, so they, they show up and there they are at, you know, Utopia, the battlegrounds <sighs> of the end of uh, AVX where it all went down. And it basically looks the same way. It's all scorched and, you know, definitely not Utopia anymore. No. So there's Scott and there's Emma and the cuckoos and Ava and gold balls and everybody, everybody <laughs> magic. All look at them going, what are you doing here? And Scott is like, well, we need to figure out what we're going to do. And there's Magneto and there's Emma going, they need to go back. They need to go home. Yeah. This is, this is not the place for them. And again, they're kind of on that same page again, which shows you no matter how different you are, you can still be on the same side because you would never think that Emma and Magneto would be siding with Wolverine and Storm. Right, exactly. But then Kitty and Cyclops are siding with each other. Because Cyclops is no, they, we have to help them. Yeah. So their battle lines are oddly drawn in right. a mixed way. They're in an X. Yeah, There's people on both sides. So I'm wondering, you know, well, that'll be predictions time. Okay. Stop, I'll stop. <laughs> I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> but yeah, so he, Scott opts to let's help them. We have to help them. They need us and we have to help them. So they're, yeah, they're at that conundrum on their own team of, well, the young students have no idea what's going on, what to do. You've got Magic who is still confused about everything, which for, is she? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. As much as you may like or dislike her. (laughs) (laughs) She's just the devil. (laughs) But you may or may not like her, but she is one of the only ones who's kind of sitting here going, I feel like we're not getting the whole story. And she wants, she doesn't want to make a decision yet. So she's kind of, she disappears. Nobody knows where the hell she goes. And it's like, all right, well, we'll see you later, I guess. And then you've got Emma and Magneto on one side. You've got Cyclops on the other. Young Angel, 05 Angel is like, he is just like, I just want to go home. (laughs) I've been an X-Man for five minutes. (laughs) He's like, nope, still nobody. I met myself. (laughs) He's a little fucked up and nobody tells me why. (laughs) I have no clue what's going on. I feel so bad for him. He's getting the the short end of the stick, definitely, because nobody wants to tell him. You get your wings ripped off. You become evil. Then you become good and then become evil. I mean, you become the horseman death. Yeah. You know, that's, it's not, there's evil and then there's evil. But then you recover from it. But then you're still blue skinned and metal winged. And then those get shattered and hey, your wings are back. And then somehow you lose the blue skin. But then somehow you get a split personality disorder. So when you get really mad, you go blue skin and metal wing. But then when you're happy again, you're the white guy with, mm-hmm. with the feathers. The original five, um, Warren is just kind of sitting there going, I don't know. I wanted to go home from the beginning. I don't know what you fuckers are doing. So, um, and then we get a, a another set of surprise visitors at the end when the rest of the X-Men, Kitty and Storm and Wolverine and all of them and the future X-Men, future X-Men show up. pop up on Utopia. And then we find out why. Cause Emma sent them a telepathic message saying they're here. <laughs> Bitch. Again, Emma Frost is having to reach out to Wolverine and to Storm and say, Hey, I agree with you guys. They need to go. And because she makes a valid point when she's talking to Scott and she says, the only thing you love more than yourself and having a young version of you so you can love yourself twice as much is your old faded memories of Jean Grey. And now you've got young, vibrant Jean Grey standing in front of you. And that's why you don't want them to go. And she's kind of right. But she's still, yeah, she's still Still a bitch. (laughs) She's still a bitch. I just, you know, ugh, I can't stand Emma Frost. Yeah. But, you know, they, they, they fight it out. And I, I love the cuckoos, how they always like to just fuck with young Jean. And. <laughs> oh, yeah, cause, cause they. <laughs> cause she's the mighty, all powerful Jean Grey. And so here she is, she doesn't know anything. <laughs> so they always fuck with her. Well, and then it was funny with Jean Grey, um, Emma Frost having to turn around and go. Girl. <laughs> Girls, girls. Yeah, I was like, she's like Mrs. Garrett with those three. <laughs> it's like if you had an identical Joe Blair and Tootie. 
And then, uh, but then, but then Zorn is there and I just love that Emma's like, Oh, like I don't know this psychic imprint anywhere. And, Oh, the last page, the last page, Jean versus Emma, the black white queen versus, versus the, the black, black queen. queen. So I masturbated during that. Uh, <laughs> so that was a hot moment for me too. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the, the, uh, the issue. But I wasn't so thrilled with it until that last page oh, where yeah. she's like, white queen versus black queen, fight. <laughs> like, it <was> street- <laughs> like it was Street Fighter. But who's uh, the black queen? Because Emma was wearing black. Well, no. I she's the white queen. Stop it. <laughs> I know. I was just like. That's a horrible outfit didn't on her. somebody turn around? I Was it her? Fanboys are going to love this or, you know, let the blogs begin. Or the chat rooms or something like to that. Effect. Yeah, yeah, they've done <laughs> just a, playing because everybody was like, "Oh my god, Jean versus Emma." <laughs> they've done a lot more of those little like you know Twitter or message uh, message board kind of references. The message boards are gonna love yeah, this. Yeah, it, it was definitely they've done a lot more of those, and it's kind of a cute nod to you know all of to us. So, yeah, to, <laughs> that's what to it the is. reality of the fact that I know how you fucked up people work. Yeah. <laughs> so then that led us into the big psychic battle. Between Jean Grey and Emma Frost, which took place on one page. Jean Grey <laughs> versus Emma Frost, the Cuckoos, and Young Jean. Well, because Emma needs the Cuckoos in order to have any real psychic power. Right. Because her shit's all sorts of broken. So she turned around and I guess they froze everybody in their tracks. Because everybody just kind of dead stopped. Everybody's like, what's going on? They're just standing there. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think anybody was able to move. I think that was kind of the big, the big deal of it was they kind of sent out that almost like a, a psychic shockwave to stun everybody. And then they battled it out on the, the psychic plane because before we even get to see them going at it, old Scott kind of, I guess, wakes himself up, young Scott right. up. And he's like, okay, focus on this. And he's like, and young Scott is like, wow, that's, you know, I, My head almost like a, like a hangover. And it's Scott goes, well, I, I know that feeling. I, I know how to get out of these things. He's like, well, how? He goes, I was taught by the woman in that suit. Because <laughs> he figures it out at that point. Because Zorn, Zorna still has the mask on and is in full garb. She hasn't revealed herself as Jean Grey at any point in time during this. Scott realizes the same way Emma did. He knows that mind. Right. He knows that person. But he also, he turns around and goes, that's not my gene. Yes. And that's where the it's whole... It's his gene, but it's not his gene. It's the old, young Jean Grey. <laughs> Young old Jean. <laughs> and that, that next bubble of, I can't believe I just said that. Well, I, that's probably was, the best line great, of the entire thing. But it was like, how else do you explain it? Yeah, it you was know? the perfect way to explain it. And then we're finally, after we get through this whole little bit of dialogue and all this stuff, we finally get into the psychic plane and we get to see them kind of going at oh it. Oh my God. And I just, one cuckoo at a time, just dropping. And I'm like, yes, yes. And I masturbated again. <laughs> <laughs> Moral of the story. Don't ask Eric for his copies of Battle of the Atoms. Don't do it, people. <laughs> Maybe it's digital code, but not the actual physical copy. Uh, but yeah, she took them out one by one. And then when Emma and the Cuckoos were down, it was... It was Gene versus Gene. Yeah. And I, I just... It's just something not right about that. No. The, I, the shots they, that young Gene got in, and, you know, you see the blood coming out of the mask. And yeah, you, you see, see her, see like, them. struggling. and But in the end, apparently, 
this gene that is oh so powerful that she needs a suit to hold her powers back gets defeated by her young younger Jean. self. But she was like, I, I forgot how powerful I am. And there was young Jean with all the yellowy, fiery power. And I was just like, oh, why is she all phoenixy? Which, I, yeah, I felt like they should have gone back to she the pink. pink. Yeah. yeah, her like the original color they used to denote her, her power. Um, and young Jean, at the end of that battle, turns around and says, why are you even blocking? Let me see. And she says, okay. And she sees, and we're like, ooh, we gotta go. <laughs> exactly. I just love that. She's just like, ooh, we gotta go. <laughs> oh my god. We're out of here. Scott, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Grab your bag. Everybody together. Let's go. Let's go, people. <laughs> and with that note, where did uh, Beast and Bobby go? Because that's yes. what they turned around and looked for. Exactly. Well, because they were left behind um, with Jubilee's baby. This little baby. I'm really. Baby. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm kind of interested to see where they go with this because I don't really see any point in this baby. Oh, and at I see, all. um, wait, there was, I knew I was forgetting one of the future ones. Iron Lad. Or Iron Man. Or the we Iron haven't thing. there. We're not there yet. Is that the other ones? Yes. That popped up that, at the end of this one. Well, at the end of the next one. At the end of the next one? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Damn it. At the end of five is where we, so we're about to, we're about to talk about the, okay, the last okay. issue that as we're recording this, cause we have another new issue that comes out in a couple of days. So about two days before you guys can listen to this, we'll have chapter six. Um, so yeah, so then we're, we get to the halfway point. Oh, chapter and I five. can talk about chapter six. This going be a after. <laughs> I still haven't read it. So you ain't talking about shit. Okay. 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 <laughs> so then we, uh, we have Bobby and um, Hank. Hank, who were left behind during this whole crazy fiasco. So you've got original Warren with the uncanny side. You've got Scott and Gene on the run, and then they leave the other two behind. Right? They're like, "Well, I guess you're gonna babysit." Yeah, we don't. Well, originally they just kind of left them be, and Kitty and Rachel were babysitting, and then Kitty right, and Rachel are right. like, "Here's a baby. Have fun. <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> just watch some TV," which I enjoyed. Uh, I enjoyed Bobby because, you know, his smart-ass mouth has been going on since 1963. I love the fact that he was like, get a load of this. An entire network devoted to food. That's one of that. I'm stealing that idea when we go back to our time. <laughs> <laughs> that was, you know, like, they, they've given him some some pretty fun one-liners in there. Um, but they're hanging out at the Jean Grey school, and all of a sudden, everything lights up, and there's magic. She's like, I don't trust these people. I don't know what's going on. I've seen, you know, I've, I've seen stuff and I don't quite, it doesn't quite mesh. So she asked them to go with her to go to the future. She's like, if we're going to, if we're going to do this and we're going to change, you know, have to send you guys back to change this future that's supposedly so evil and, you know, crazy, then let's go make sure that this is what's going on. Right. And they suit up. And they go to the future. And they're at the high-tech Jean Grey school? or The Jean Grey school. Is it still the Jean Grey? Or do we not see the no, name it's of the still school? The Jean, I don't think you see the name of the school, to be honest. Oh, well, I did. Okay. <laughs> you, can, you can stop right there. I'm well, sorry. <laughs> all right, well, the high-tech Jean Grey school. And they're like, well, this doesn't seem so bad. It's, you know, this 
bright sunshiny there's trees everywhere you know definitely not yeah we the, expected to see that desolate of the the last days of future past of concentration camps the post-apocalyptic right uh, that's what i future. expected to see that's what i think everybody was and then it's bright and sunshiny and all happy-go-lucky and then they're like well what's going on here and then sentinels pop up and they're like ah oh, shit here we go here we go <laughs> And then the Sentinels are like, "You seem to be lost. <laughs> Do you need us to take you to the main gate? <laughs> you need to. You need to be registered to be here. Would you like us to escort you? What? <laughs> and next thing you know, there pop up these X Men, and we get treated to a whole new set of future X Men that nobody really kind of knows because they're not the same ones that came back to warn that the original five needed to go back. And we've got." um Colossus. Colossus with the soul sword. With the, yes. Although it's not at the end of chapter five. That's beginning of chapter six. Well, for those, for those of us who haven't read chapter six yet, um, comic book resources. Yes. Puts up the first couple of pages usually when they'll do like, um, they'll do a little blurb and a little, like, not really spoilerish thing, but they'll talk about the the next issue. Yeah. Yeah. And it's usually like the first two, three pages. So yeah. So I actually know about that because that's the first couple pages of chapter six. Um, yeah. Cause, uh, Colossus hugs magic, picks her up and magic goes, you have the soul sword. Why? And Colossus goes, you gave gave it to to me. me. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah, so we've got Colossus with that crazy handlebar mustache. Which, as Bobby points out, people still grow mustaches like that. <laughs> um, you've got what looks to be a young storm, a black woman with white hair and a panther. Right. Which, my thing, I think that is storm and panthers. Well, it, it would That's make sense because it looks like a really young storm and she's right. walking around with the black panther. So I kind of like, this is our kid. <laughs> we, we try to make this as obvious as possible. <laughs> You'll never get to my parents are. <laughs> no guess. <laughs> We've got some crazy Iron Man flying around mm-hmm. with an X in his uh, little window, like right. little light up window. Um, we've got what looks like cloak or a cloak like character, like character. Um, and because I know one of us is going to eventually say it, Quentin Quire, the Phoenix, as the Phoenix, which. Shouldn't come as a shock. No. Ten years later, or almost ten years later, in Here Comes Tomorrow, as we're going to reference that again, when Jean Grey's in the White Hot Room, she is at the nexus of all reality in the White Hot Room. So she is there with the millions or, you know, however countless number of Phoenix hosts that there are. And at that point, Choir was dead. Right. Because he was killed during the opening day um, stuff that happened at the school. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But... In the White Hot Room, we see Quentin Quire as a Phoenix host. Right. So it's not unheard of. No, because he even in Endsong, he did play with the Phoenix Force for a minute. Well, but the Phoenix didn't want anything to do with them. So it'll be interesting to see how they they kind of put that into how it happened. Right. Well, I remember Jason Aaron teased it when he did a future story. Um when the Genesis became Apocalypse and Quentin was Phoenix. Hmm. He had the Phoenix costume, Phoenix emblem. Okay. On his shirt. So I, I would, what I would almost like to see is that it's not the Phoenix Force and it's not, he's not the true Phoenix 
you know, as in the cosmic entity, right. as him as a host, but that his power has grown and he has a lot of the same powers that Gene and the Phoenix, you know, like that possess and right. amplified as the Phoenix. So I would almost like to see that he's honed, especially if, if he's they working were, with Rachel and he's working with, with, with Gene. Well, with Gene. And Gene, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, you know, if at that point he's working with her to the point where he's gotten this ability and he's become this Omega-level mutant and he's got all this power that he just kind of, maybe that she was his mentor. And he took the Phoenix, the emblem and the costume and the name because one of the first pages of the next chapter, he is called Phoenix. Right, yeah. Point so, point. yeah, so we know that his codename is Phoenix. Which is much better than Quentin or Choir. So, at least good on him for that. Um, So, I would like to see that be the reason and not that the Phoenix Force picked him as a host. Um, Because if Jean Grey is there, then why would the Phoenix go for anything else? Because even in Endsong, when it went to Quentin and it dismissed him and then went to the Cuckoos and, you know, did all this as it was trying to find it, it kept searching out and it resurrected Jean. Just so we could bond with her again. Here's my ginger. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want these other bitches. So it, it'll be nice to see that. So we right. got, so we've got Quentin Quire's the Phoenix. We've got Iron Man ish thing. We've got Colossus. We've got this Storm Woman Cloak. looking thing. We have Jubilee. Vampire, or not Wolverine. vampire. Wolverine. Uh, she, well, we'll find out that she goes by Wolverine. Um, yeah, cause I, I almost cause thought it, it shows was the picture, like, I guess her light powers that she'll finally friggin' hone in those fucking fireworks. <laughs> and I'm sorry for cursing so much with that one. I just can't stand those firecrackers. And it looks like now she's almost dazzlerish with Which, it. You okay. know? Well, I, I almost thought it was X23. And I don't really know X23 all that much. She was in that point in time where I didn't really, li- uh, read books. Right. Um, or at least read, you know, the X-Men stories and all that. Um, but I, I, that's who I thought it was. So we'll find out that it's Jubilee, which at this point won't matter. Well, the matter. sunglasses kind of. Well, hey. You know, come on. Come on. <laughs> I didn't see. She kept the sunglasses in the same haircut. It was kind of a given. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got all this stuff. And, um, one of the things, and, and we can talk about this because again, it's in the spoiler pages and people have read the book by the time this comes out. Um, the future X-Men, the big reveal at the end of chapter five is these uh, this other set of X-Men. The almost bigger reveal comes at the first couple of pages of the sixth chapter, which we'll talk about in depth on the next episode that we do. Um, I'll just do a little sidebar and tell you. <laughs> well, they, they turn around and say that they have had nothing to do with that group in years. Right. It seems like they're doing their own thing. Exactly. So now we're, it leads back to the Jean Grey, Jean Grey fight where Gene reads Zorn's mind and gets frightened and says, oh, no, we have to go back. Now, did she throw the fight? So That's that the thing. way. She threw the fight. I'm like, I'm sorry. You just took down Emma and the Cuckoos. Like, nothing. And all of a sudden, I'm like, no. You knew one way to get yourself to go home. Because she knows herself. She knows that she's going to want to know why. But, okay, prediction number one. I don't think that's Gene. I think that's actually Zorn. Because remember, Zorn took the uh, the appearance of Magneto. And I think this is Zorn that's taking the appearance of Gene. Now, let me ask you something. Because this is where I'm a little foggy. Because I did read... Brian got me to read the whole Morrison run mm-hmm. of New X-Men. So I know about that whole thing from, from start to finish. So I know that it was Magneto and then they retconned. Right. 
Yeah, because... I've, and they reckoned it in the Avengers. Okay. But I thought, and now I'm, I, correct me if I'm wrong, I thought it still was Magneto, but Sublime, because he is a, a almost like an amoeba. Uh-huh. He's a, you know, he's cellular. And that's how, when everybody was doing Kick, they were able to, you know, enhance their powers because he's this ancient, you know, basically from the beginning of Earth, like, you know, time. He was inhaled and he kind of morphed cells. Um, so I thought it was still Magneto. His powers, like, he was just augmented internally. I didn't think that it was an actual clone. I was seeing the Avengers where they, uh, when Wolverine first joined the Avengers, um, Zorn attacked and he still had the face of Magneto. And Wolverine was like, if that's not Eric. That's hmm. this creature, Zorn, that we fought that killed Jean Grey. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So it, it's uh, he's just this entity that, like the Phoenix, cloned Magneto and well, took on the persona. Now he's a man because he was in the first arc. He's part of the the first arc of the All Girl X Men. Right. You know, he's now this taken on this form. He's John Sublime because they his sister was the one Ar- Arcana, I think was. Yes, I think Tyrus there. Um. There. Was the one that was that attacked them and that whole thing with you know the baby and all that stuff. Um, so now he's got the form of a man. So it, it could be one of those and you know things where he could take on a, a shape or a could human be the shape. sister that takes on because she possessed karma and you know that maybe she possessed Jean Grey. It, yeah, you know something like that. And that could be the whole thing with the metal because that was the whole thing with Arcana is um, that hospital was the whole thing with Shogo with the baby because there was metal implants. Right. Because the baby was deaf or, or whatever, like any cochlear implants, anything, any brain implants that had the metal, that's how Arcana was able to, to the transportation for Arcana is a metal conduit. Right. So, okay. So it, it's possible that. So that's my guy. I don't think this is actually breaks my heart because my, my, my realization, I, what I really wanted to happen and I wanted just like with Rachel, that Rachel got stranded here after she's fixed the future. I wanted that gene to get stranded here because I wanted my old gene back. And I thought this was my own way to get her back and no. Yeah. I'm just like, and the more I look at it and somebody said, Eric, I think she's the villain. And I'm like, and the more I'm reading, I'm like, motherfucker. I think there'd be a slight riot if that were the case though. I'm 10 years, almost 10 years of not having Jean Grey around and then you bring Teen Gene. Okay. It's one way to have Gene Grey, at least on the pages. Then you bring back this adult Gene Grey, and then you turn around and make her the villain. And that, that's what I'm scared. But I mean, if it's, it's Sublime Sister, you know, that's, it could be a possibility. She was just possessed. There you go. Or, <laughs> and that just goes for the MO of Gene Grey. <laughs> I was possessed, girl. I wasn't me. <laughs> Listen, it wasn't me. <laughs> So, all right. So, yeah. So, that's, that's our, our first prediction so for the second prediction. half. Um, I would love to see our gene or the Phoenix, especially if that's the case. If, if this gene is the villain, if this is the problem for there to be a way to wipe this whole thing and change it so that way, you know, either in some way, shape or form, either it all goes back to the way that it was. Right. Even pre AVX. Because in some way, shape, or form, you've got to bring Xavier back. I mean, he does a lot more good dead right now. But at the same point, unless they find some way to get his brain out of the Red Skull and bring him back to life, they're never going to 
at least coexist the two different sides right. of the X-Men faction. And it's, it almost hurts in a sense to, there've always been two X-Men teams. So you always know that you've got two different like adventures and stories going on, but there was always that room for them to commingle and they were all friends. Right. This it's like you called it the brotherhood of evil mutants. They, they don't exist together. Well, it's not, it's not like Scott feels that he's entitled to the name X-Men, not I'm part of the X-Men. I'm entitled to that because I've been an X-Man. But at the same point, I think it's, I don't think it's more that. I think it's a matter of he still 100% believes that he is following Xavier's dream. So I don't think it's a matter of I've been an X-Men for so long that I deserve the title. It's the reason we we were X-Men is because, you know, we were the followers of Charles Xavier. Right. I feel like Wolverine's team should be the G-Men. Because they're now all, you know, they're worshiping at the altar of Jean Grey at the school. <laughs> well, you see, when it comes to after, um, what happened? When Xavier started admitting to all the, uh, fucked up shit he's done to the X-Men, you know, when he's, he, I, I play with all of your minds to join me. I think that's when they couldn't bring him back from that because you just, you just made Professor Xavier go back on the one moral that he stood on so high in my, I will never go into somebody else's mind without permission. And here he's like, oh, no, by the way, I've been screwing with all your heads, yeah. you know? And that's the one thing that everybody brushed him off after that. I mean, Wolverine and him started mending a little bit, but nobody else really spoke to him. Which the funny part is, um, again, I'll reference, a, I believe it's comic book resources, because the Avengers have their anniversary as well. Um, they're doing an entire month of either Avengers or X-Men Top 5. Right. And one of the ones they've done recently is the Top 5 Lies Xavier is Told. And one of them, which I I didn't know because I didn't read, you know, the storyline, um, was when he had met Wolverine before they met. Uh-huh. And he basically told him, yeah, we met. I erased your memories of all this. But basically, I implanted the notion that you'd want to become an X-Man when I met you, that you would want to resist, but you would do it. And even though you were programmed to kill me because... I knew you were a killer, and I knew I could use a killer. So that's why I wanted you. So, yeah, it's you definitely do get to see all the the fucked up shit. And that's why I think now his his dream, per se, is so strong. And now they they have something. He's more powerful. And that's what Jason Aaron said about Jean, that she's more powerful dead than alive. Because during schism, she couldn't choose a side. But they used her. You know, there's so many moments they, they use her without her choosing a side. And now she's slowly coming back. And now she's choosing sides. Yeah. Which is her own. Because <laughs> if you don't like a side, you'll change your mind. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We're seeing, we're seeing a definite different side of, of Gene and whether or not he messed with their, their heads, at least their formative years, Xavier kind of kept them on that straight and narrow where it was a matter of you don't go into people's heads without their permission. You right. don't do this. You don't alter their will. They have free will. You know, years later, and they find out that that's all a crock of shit. Different story. But to see her as a kid go in and change Warren's mind and to go in and, you know. Go into Wanda's head and just start blasting away for not the whole story, but just the little thought she's picked up. Yeah. You know. Which she had every right to do. I'm right there. I'm sorry, (laughs) Oral. I love you dearly, but. (laughs) So, all right. I, I, I think for the most part. I, I don't have too many predictions. I, I'm excited to read the second half of the story because if they are going to revamp 
and I, I'll use that term. Um, if they're going to kind of reboot and reset and kind of change the face of the X-Men for this 50th anniversary, um, I, I want to kind of see how it unfolds. And I, I don't have a ton that I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, I think this is it. I think the big thing is there's going to be a possible story arc of because of the timelines, because of the timelines collapsing on itself. Everybody is screwing around. Reed Richards, Hulk, Beast. Everybody's playing with the time stream and it's starting to wreak havoc. Yes. You know, and I think out of that, that may be the way that they do the Marvel new now or now new where the hell it is the next phase. Which hopefully, I mean, if that's all going to coincide with the way this ends and with infinity ending, I would love to see that where time just kind of wipes through and they're able to almost I don't want to see a DC like New 52. Right. Where, now I don't want a complete reboot. Yes. But let's, but this gives them the perfect opportunity to say, you know what? We want to change this. We don't really want to give you a reason why we're changing it or why this should change, but we want this to change. So we're just going to go through the entire Marvel universe and say, well, this shouldn't happen. This should be this way. What's the reason? Oh, they've gone back and forth in time way too many times. Mm -hmm. So in order to salvage the fabric of reality, this had to happen. Which would be funny. That's what I like about Marvel is like DC got rid of so much of their past by doing their reboot. Marvel does, I guess, their relaunches. Everything still matters up to that point. You know, like what? AVX finally fixed what happened in House of M. How many years before? Yeah. You know, so it always kept mattering, even though they did another re number one. They would do a big event, but Wanda, what she did still mattered. Yes. And you it know? still does. It still has an effect on, on everything. They, the number of times that they mention, um, even in Uncanny Avengers, in the, yeah. the last issue that I, that we read is we're dealing with the Apocalypse Twins. Right. Uh, and Rachel. Was, and what? Rachel oh yes. <laughs> oh, that's right. They showed Ahab and Rachel. That's right. Um, but they mentioned the fact that, uh, I think, was it Maria? That might have been the issue where Maria Hill was talking about Beast and all that. I, I forget what it, it. I know she was talking to Dazzler and saying how much she hates. That, yeah, because that's where Maria Hill talks about it. It's in Uncanny Avengers. It's not during the Battle of the Atom right. crossovers. Um, but they're talking about the fact that, you know, they, all these, you know, followers that were depowered, you know, they were just humans after, after what happened. So there's still to this day ramifications and they still talk about it even after AVX and, you know, reigniting and new mutants and all this, all of that still matters, but they're able to, in essence, almost restart because they're going to these new number ones and they're changing titles and they're, they're rearranging all this stuff. But at the same point, the past 50 years of, you know, what the X-Men have done, is still all there, right? So yeah, it, it's great. I, I'm I'm really interested to see how this happens. I'm dying to see how this is all going to end up with the the X Men and all this because now we have two teams from the future, we have two teams in the present, we have the past, we have all these X Men running around and Deadpool lying his ass off, giving a great little speech, putting a gun to his head, being stopped, and then turning around and saying that was a great speech. Too bad it was all a lie. Exactly. So we'll find out. The and Eric will shut up because Eric knows. <laughs> well, the rest of us will find out all these lies. We have Chapter 6 coming out this week. So that will yep. come out about two days before 
In uh, chapter six, it really, what you saw in the first six pages is exactly what you're getting. You're getting that team. You're learning more about the, that other future. Great. So at least we'll get to know who these people are. In seven people. <laughs> well. Okay. In seven. I'll just give one thing away. And it's not major. It's, you know, <laughs> how, uh, Beast and Bobby were taking care. Then they give the kid to Brew. And now it shows Brew, to, and the baby's just fucking screaming, and Jubilee's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I forgot about the fact that they, they were like, here! <laughs> what do I do with this? <laughs> that's that's the best part. You just see the baby, like, and the way they drew him, he's like screaming and crying, and Jubilee's like, I don't even want to know. <laughs> I'll just give me the baby. <laughs> well, at least they gave him to Brew after Brew reg- regained his oh, thank God. humanity. <laughs> Here, wild creature, have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> so we will be back um, probably in about another month. Yeah, roughly because we've got and, the, the, the next thirtieth. Yeah, we got the next couple chapters going. So about a month or so, we'll reconvene here. Hopefully, you guys will uh, not have been bored to tears or. You know, want to just send us hate mail. Uh, and, and hopefully I'll still be having orgasms throughout this whole deal and I won't be crying <laughs> like a little girl after this. <laughs> I could see you having orgasms through nine chapters and then you get to Battle of the Atom number two and then just cry. Like tears. <laughs> You'd be like, I'm sorry, folks, but Eric just killed himself. <laughs> <laughs> he sacrificed himself on the moon. It was a noble and valiant uh, suicide. Hope, but I won't say anything. <laughs> So we will be back here with part two. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Hope you guys are reading along with Battle of the Atom. If you haven't, um, you should, because it's been a it's great storyline so far. It's so much fun. Yeah. And a lot of times you don't really get that with, with these big crossovers. It's been a while for the crossovers. X-Men to have something big. Yeah. Or not even just something big, but something really enjoyable to read. Yeah. It's got so many twists and turns, and it's got so many viewpoints where you can sit there and almost debate yourself over which side is right and what should be happening and all this. Um, but we'll reconvene with Battle of the Atom Part 2, and we will see if any of Eric's non-spoilered predictions come true. If Jean Grey really is the villain of this whole thing. That's I hope when not. I know, I know. I will too. Trust me, my Phoenix and Dark Phoenix bobbleheads up there will be... Uh, Turned around in shame at that point. <laughs> but we will, uh, we'll see you guys next time, and I think that will do it for us. And with that, Flame Off. Thanks for listening to Flame On, a podcast made possible by Powder Milk Biscuits, the ones in the blue box, a comic shop, Nerdapalooza, and the generous support of tops and bottoms like you. If you want to be one of our sugar daddies, you can help out by telling a cute single friend about us, reviewing us on iTunes, or putting some dollars down our digital G-string in our monthly support drive. For more ridiculously entertaining and socially enlightening episodes of Flame On, as well as other fine programs, head on over to Nerdy Show. Dot com. You can subscribe to Flame On and all Nerdy Show Network podcasts via iTunes. And be sure to find us on Twitter at Flame On Podcast or Facebook on our Flame On fan page. And make sure to check out FlameOnShow.com for more nerdy queer in your ear. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 